Hello and welcome to the Santa Clara County Republican Podcast, where we do our best to empower everyone and their commitment toward a vibrant, prosperous, and safe California with equal opportunity for all to achieve the American dream. I'm Carlos Cruz, and thank you for joining us on our March 28th Sunday edition podcast. Right now, the California Secretary of State is going through the process of verifying 2.1 million signatures in order to reach the threshold of 1.5 million signatures in order to get the recall election going this year. Newsom was elected as California's governor in 2018 with only 61.9%, we'll just say 62% of the vote, which is interesting figuring how blue the state of California is supposed to be. Gavin Newsom only garnered 60% of the vote, and the left considers that a landslide. Many Democrat voters refrained from voting uh, for Newsom, and many voters today remember the recall election of 2003. And we'll do another episode talking about the vote count. But for now, let's talk about the governor's supporters abandoning ship. Just in case you're not aware or never heard of David Sachs, David Sachs is the co-founder and general partner at the investment company called Kraft. He has been a successful founder and investor for over 20 years. He's been doing this uh, from the beginning. Uh, He'd been building and investing in some of the most iconic companies. Uh, Some of the companies he invested in include Firm, Airbnb, Bird, ClickUp, Eventbrite, Facebook, House, Lyft, Opendoor, uh, Palantir, Reddit, Slack, Twitter, Uber, uh, and Wish. And if you don't know, David Sachs was also part of the group of the founding members for PayPal. So he's been in here for a long time. He's also worked very closely uh, with a lot of people, including Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, uh, some of the founding members as well. And the reason why the focus of this episode is on David, he was on Bloomberg News, which I should remind you uh, openly had or may still have a policy of not investigating Democratic presidential candidates. This is a very left-leaning business news organization when it comes to political reporting. Uh, Bloomberg News has a lot of good and interesting reporting and profiles when it comes to straight business and industries. But when it comes to politics it becomes hard for them to hide their support for a progressive world order. On a January 26th interview between Emily Chang of Bloomberg News and David Sachs, David was asked about his views on Newsom and the recall. Keep in mind, David was a big supporter of Gavin Newsom back in 2018. Since then, his support has dropped. When asked why, this was his response. Well, Emily, I mean, California today uh, is not doing very well Um, compared to other states. We have the highest poverty rate in the country. We have the highest unemployment in the country. We have the most homelessness. We have the worst income inequality. We have the worst air quality because of poor fire management. And we have the second worst education outcomes in the US. We're ahead only of Alaska. Uh, Crime is exploding uh, due to lax enforcement, failures to prosecute. And on top of all of that, we have the highest tax rates and most burdensome regulations in the country. And that is driving successful business innovators and entrepreneurs out of the state. We saw Elon Musk go to Texas, perhaps the most important uh, entrepreneur of our generation. And losing these types of companies is going to haunt California for, for generations. And David Sachs is probably very close to Governor Newsom and many other Democrat movers and shakers. So if he is feeling this, then you know many others are feeling this as well. As we continue with the interview, Emily Chang tried to push the idea this recall was a waste of taxpayers' money. She continued to ask David 
what his thoughts are on how the governor handled the lockdown. Here was his response. Well, I'm glad that the governor now has finally ended the shelter in place, but it took far too long. And the thrashing around it was a disaster for small businesses. I mean, small businesses were told that they could safely operate outdoors, which is true. Uh, but then they were closed down after made, they made a bunch of expensive modifications and now we're thrashing back to, to opening back up. David also showed his frustration with the governor's continued mishandling of the lockdown when he continued to say this. And the governor, I think, stubbornly refused to make changes. It took way too long. I think he's also been overly deferential to the, the teachers unions as opposed to scientists on school reopenings. Uh, I think our most uh, vulnerable students are falling massively behind. And frankly, we've had the, the lockdown rules have been completely random. I mean, if you're politically connected like the movie industry, you're deemed essential. But if you're working class, you're non-essential. Well, you know, in my book, I don't think anyone putting the food on the table for their family is non-essential. Emily also tried to go down the road of science, asking why he is right in his thinking and the scientists are wrong. Here was his response. Well, I think that if you listen to most scientists, they've changed their minds about lockdowns, including the WHO changed its mind about lockdowns. Uh, first, they thought it was the right way to go. Then they realized that it's, it's not the, the most, uh, that the benefit cost isn't worth it. It doesn't necessarily slow down the virus that much. We've seen other states like Florida and Texas are doing better than California right now, despite not being locked down. And so I think there was a range of point of views on lockdowns that were fine to take you know, eight, nine months ago. But I think now with all the data we have, it was clearly the wrong approach and we should have adjusted sooner. Later in the interview, Emily tries her best to establish this recall hasn't worked in the past and is supported by, wait for it, white supremacist and conspiracy theorist. Then she goes on to ask, will they have enough legitimate signatures to make this happen? Just so no one can say I misquoted Ms. Chang, here are her words. So the recall effort, though, is facing long odds. Republicans have tried this multiple times already. It has not worked. You need one and a half million signatures, and you've got 1.2 million, but those signatures need to be certified. Uh, You know, the reporting is that there are many business leaders like yourself behind this, but also followers of of QAnon and other extremists. Will you have enough legitimate signatures uh, to, to make this happen? I'm just curious, how many white supremacists does she think there are in California? Does she consider every white person a white supremacist or QAnon supporter or a conspiracy theorist? One would have to wonder her line of questioning and how she's trying to frame the response. Here's how David responded to what I believe is a subtle association of white supremacy by the host of the show. That, that sounds like such a bizarre comment for people to be making about the recall. First of all, I'm not, uh, I'm not organizing it. I merely signed the petition and donated to it. Uh, but we're already at 1.2 million signatures. We only need 1.5 million. And um, we're planning on having a substantial buffer. So we think we can get to 2 million so that when all the signatures get certified, it, makes, it creates a buffer if there's any signatures that aren't valid. We're really on track for that right now. And if people want to sign, all they need to do is go to rescuecalifornia.org. A little later in the interview, Emily changes the topic to ask about deplatforming and tech censorship. Her questioning here was kind of awkward. She doesn't ask David if it was wrong. She asks what he thinks a better solution would be and relates to deplatforming to real-world violence. As if we do not currently have any laws on the books which covers this. In the state of California alone, it is a misdemeanor to engage in conduct that urges others to riot, commit acts of force or violence, 
or commit acts of burning or destroying property. Basically, that's what it comes down to. And the tech industry have shown over and over again they are currently applying uh, this to those who do not support a progressive order. Here's how Emily phrased a question. On uh, another note, you've been very critical about the deplatforming of Donald Trump. Um, Facebook suspending him indefinitely, Twitter permanently. What do you think a better solution is if the concerns are about inciting real-world violence? And we're going to save the best response for last. And I think he hit it right on. And many of you will agree this is what's happening. And this is what basically needs to be stopped one way or the other. You know, the point about censorship is not just what views or people are you censoring. It's always about who has the power to censor. And right now, the issue I see is that big tech has all the power. There's a small cartel of tech monopolies who've gotten together on this issue. And they're dictating, you know, who gets to participate in online speech. And it wasn't just Trump or his supporters. It was millions of Americans on apps like Parler that have been completely silenced and deplatformed. So Parler had 15 million users, 99% of whom never said anything wrong. Um, and so, you know, big tech here is really making all the decisions about uh, what we get to see and read online and what we get to say. And they're even engaging now in a type of economic cancellation where uh, people who don't have the right views are, are, are being denied access to critical online infrastructure for payments, for web hosting. And I just think this is a very dangerous trend. I just don't think big tech should be able to make these government-like decisions uh, to deny people their civil rights um, without uh, the American people having uh, a rights, an online bill of rights, if you will, uh, to protect them. We're going to leave it there for now. We'll be back in your feed shortly with more coverage, analysis, and updates. If this is your first time listening to our show, please go back and listen to the others we have. For returning listeners... Thank you for listening. We really do appreciate you and your feedback. We're always looking for fellow Californians to help empower everyone and their commitment toward a vibrant, prosperous, and safe California with equal opportunity for all to achieve the American dream. Please join us. You can get in touch with us by visiting our website at svgop.com. Once again, that's svgop.com. And going to the Contact Us page. We would love to hear from you. I'm Carlos Cruz. Thank you for listening to the Santa Clara County Republican Podcast.